0: all right welcome everybody to the Dogcast. this is episode 91 91 sounds right 91 um today i have a former professor on and uh quite possibly the most intelligent person i've ever come across in my life don't shake your head this <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, is uh this is very important to me i'm really excited about this episode because i want to transfer some knowledge from not only myself but to others and uh so, Professor Mauricio, I always call him Professor Mauricio, can you uh, please give a little bit of a background on yourself? Yeah. So, um,
1: I'm originally from Brazil, um, grew up on um, Beach Town, um, loved to surf, play basketball as a kid. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, as I progressed as a business school student, I moved into a master's degree and to, into another one and I decided to pursue this academic life that i now live on and that's when i moved to the u.s to do my phd in florida that was 10 years ago to 11 years ago and um after phd i moved to Massachusetts to uh uh,
0: to teach at UMass. that's uh that's you you, you've told that before that's because that was very succinct that was very well done Mm -hmm. um okay so the first thing i wanted to talk about just your perspective on things the way you look at life and the way you then communicate it to people like your students, like myself is like, it's unlike anything I've ever seen in my life, just based on like your first principles thinking, which we'll get into and a couple other things, like the way you analyze each, like, I guess, component of a problem and really stick to it. You don't just say to do that. You really do. I can see from the way you talk. Mm -hmm. So I want to know what made you this way, who made you this way. Do you think it was an upbringing thing, an education thing? What?
1: Ah, that's a very good question, because basically you're questioning how I think. And um, i can I can tell you that I, I've been trying to improve the way I think on uh, on purpose, like uh, with my own intention behind it. But um, we always think in a unique way since we are a child, I would say, like, Everybody sees the world in a different perspective because you are configuring a different way than anybody else. So there's no way that two people will look at the same thing and that will overlap 100%, right? right? So, that, but that it's, uh, it's something that we need to learn to leverage on that capability or transform that into a capability. How do I see the world? Can I transform that into a capability to improve the world or to improve people around me? because I have that unique perspective. So I only discovered that later in life, but um, I thought that I, since, I, since I was very young, I always liked to observe how people behave and why they behave the way they behave. Mm. So I could be probably a psychologist, but then I, I, I became a business person for, for maybe because of my contacts at the time, but I always been curious about why people behave the way they behave. And uh, and now I, I understand that I could leverage that perspective wherever I am um, and, and try to explain or try to find what's going on behind behavioral uh, uh, attitudes. Um, so um, the question was sort well, I'm trying to get back to the question now why why do I think the way I think, basically, basically that, yeah. yeah. So yeah, so, It's hard to answer a question like that because it's it's who you are, right? But I can tell you this, um, you need to understand who you are first because then you can improve your thinking, right? If you understand who you are first, which is uh, not an easy thing to do, definitely not, but that's one of the most important things you must do in your life. It's to know who you are first because then uh, um, you can have a solid basis to deploy your capabilities and 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 improve who you are and and then make better decisions because they will be aligned with who you are. And then your thinking also. Uh, of course thinking it's uh it's a it's a capability that's uh, everybody can I- improve. Uh but I'm what I'm saying is you can improve a lot of your thinking just by understanding better who you are. That's
0: a good point. I, and that actually, I was going to save all these for the end, but I was when I was perusing through your LinkedIn, one of the first things that I noticed was uh, nine months ago, I hate to pull it up right on the spot for you, but you said, preparing a leadership class bugged by this question. Can mm-hmm. you know what you want if you don't know slash not sure of who you are? Exactly. And that, I thought that was really cool. I was going to bring that up later, but then you kind of try to get into it. And I was like, this is perfect. Um, but yeah, it's a very interesting concept to be able to know yourself, which, as you said, it's very difficult. Um, Mm -hmm. we have a way, like people have a way of putting things into as, as much of a succinct package as we can, like verbally. Um, but often and like 99 percent of the time usually it involves much more than a sentence worth of work to do these things so um yeah it is definitely harder than than it sounds but anybody can do it i feel like i was kind of just born knowing somewhat who i am in a way uh i don't feel too like I don't feel like there's just this mystery of what I want to know about myself but yeah, sounds... I, think, I think
1: there is this distinction between having confidence in 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 things which you may confound with thinking that you know who you are that's a good point and uh, and then really knowing who you are um uh because as uh, as we grow as human beings for example babies they don't see themselves as one thing they see themselves as their parent so it's so much projection that, uh, mm. uh, uh, that happens that uh, babies tend to see their moms or, and their dads as part of themselves, like extensions of who they are. So there is no identity formed yet. And as you grow, especially, for example, when you're a teenager, the most important thing for you when you're a teenager is to fit in. So your identity, your value, it's, it's corresponded to the extent to which you can fit in in the group. Because And that's why uh, we have problems uh, uh, with teenagers that kill themselves when their image and their reputation is destroyed in the community. Unfortunately, that still happens. And it's a human thing that when you are a teenager, you are very concerned. And it makes sense because you are evolving. You don't know who you are. So the best thing you can do is to have a proxy to at least fit in in the group and be accepted so you can survive. Right. Yeah. And so, so that 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 makes total sense when you are teenagers. Your idea is to focus on fitting in, at least in one group. And of course, uh, there are the the rebels. That's when you rebel when you're a teenager and you you kind of take a stand and say, "I'm not going to fit in." But what happens when you take that stand and you become a a, a rebel as a teenager is that you actually fit in into the other group of the rebels that don't fit in. And you yeah into the same group
0: sheep of the other herd is kind of yeah it's, yeah you know, it's, that it's okay
1: and only later in life that when you kind of really understand better because our brains only finish developing when you are 25 so that makes sense as well And that's when you really start thinking more about who you are as a person as an individual
0: mm, that's that's very fascinating i think um that's a very interesting concept the idea of like you, you're kind of just part of something until you can be your own thing because like how could you be your own thing like like right away that's impossible Mm -hmm. Uh, you need to attach somewhere uh that's really interesting i never thought i've never thought of it that way but that makes sense that's why high school is so clicky you know like everything's so clicky uh very cool um this is what i had you want this is what i'm talking about so i also wanted to talk about just um, I think this will take up the beef of the podcast for the most part. Um, the word language. Language is what I've found to be everything because in a lot of ways it embodies more than just the words written on a paper. It's also it's it is just defining the word the world around you. It is your one and only measurement stick. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a very amazing thing that I didn't really, I guess conceptualize until just recently um and i want to know where you first kind of were birthing these ideas in your head of how important language can be yeah first and then uh i guess we can start getting into like exactly what we mean by this as well okay so my passion for language
1: started kind of recently actually about uh, actually was during the pandemic Mm -hmm. i had um I was doing my readings and then I, I, had, I had no awareness of thinking about what language is or I had no awareness about language at all. Um, but then uh, I was doing my some uh, breathing meditations where you access your unconscious. Basically, if, if you do that, you can uh, expand what you have in the back of your mind. Let's say it's like you're dreaming, but you're conscious about the dream. So that story that for example just to contextualize what i'm saying is some people say that you only use 10% of your brain right yeah is a false claim yeah <laughs> what what it's more true is you only you are only 10% conscious so 90% of your uh behavior and who you are it's all hidden in the unconscious so the but the, the thing is that, so who's driving your life then it's your unconscious life it's your unconscious mind that's driving you and your behavior so i've been trying to explore that uh, in a way that I like understand mind consciousness. Uh, how the language? How does language come about? I was actually bothered by the the um, truth question: what is true, and what is uh, a truth? And then um, um, uh, that's a rabbit hole question because yeah. even the most uh, intelligent people on the planet the, the thought about the question for their lives, and they could not reach a conclusion so i uh, i didn't know that and i was trying to on my own <laughs> understand what is true the question of what is true and of course uh and i did that through my own unconscious investigation so when i was doing that um i i understood that uh the only way to reach truth is through Um, my own mind and my mind is limited, right? So for me to understand uh, what is true, I can only go to whatever is true up to the point where I'm using all of my mental capabilities. But the problem is my mental capabilities are limited uh, to understand the world. So that's why I will never reach the final truth about things because of a cognitive limitation and I'm a human being. I can only pay attention to a certain things and there are an infinite number of things to be paid attention to. So if you want to really know what truth is, it's impossible because you're very limited. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, um, I, I, I understood that the process in which we, uh, codified reality is through language. So there I heard this guy saying that, um, basically reality it's a piece of language chris langen said that and i it really bugged me because i at first i was like what the hell is this guy talking about <laughs> yeah. how can reality be a piece of language and then uh, and then he mentions that um the way we perceive the world it's through language we can only see things that we can define for example if you see those uh, psycholo- psych- psych- um, psychologist tests they show you a picture. It looks like more like a coffee stain. It's all blurred. Yeah. They show you that picture, and then you're like, "Is this a horse? Is this a butterfly?" <laughs> you are. You automatically start to make sense of things, mm-hmm. and which means you are. You have to define the thing first to then make sense uh, um, to you. Otherwise, it's like there's nothing there. So, uh, if if that is the case, then Language is the ultimate technology that we have. It's the only technology that we have to organize our thoughts and connect to reality. So it's the medium between mind and reality. Um, There is this book that that Steven Pinker wrote that talks about the language instinct, and it's based on the idea that people that investigated language, they were investigating languages across the world, and they were thinking that uh, if you have a more limited language in terms of vocabulary, for example, you tend to be more stupid or, or, or you don't think quite right. Uh, people in the 1800s they had these basic thoughts which is a good idea to involve later. Yeah. but then what they found out is that um, that that's not really the case. But the case is we we are born as human beings with this language instinct. We we perceive the world as symbols and we put those symbols in categories and then we define them in language um we all perceive the world in this more broader category symbolic way right? and then language is more like a reductionist way to see the world but that's very important because then you can have things into categories and organize things in your mind and make sense of things um so my my passion to language came out of this idea that because for me, at the time when I was meditating about truth, I was thinking, I just want to do things that are true. Because once you start being okay with the idea that you are pursuing something that it's not true, that's a very dangerous path. What I mean is, if you're not pursuing the truth in, in all endeavors, like if you're not pursuing the truth in a conversation, if you're not pursuing the truth in a in a choice that you make uh, in your work if you're not because i am a, i am a kind of a social scientist so i'm always doing research and i have to come up with good research questions and uh, but we we always have a tendency to deceive ourselves to to stay with things that are more convenient and easier to do so it's basically you're pursuing a lie you know you're pursuing the lie but you know you're pursuing that lie is easier and other people may believe
0: the lie and you'll be okay it's so, kind of like small talk in a way, <laughs> like a lot of times. Yeah, like yeah,
1: small talk. It could be, but I'm saying like you are willful blind and you are okay with willful blindness, or you are okay with pursuing lower uh, uh, value goals that are not necessarily the things that you should be pursuing. And that's not the truth, then, because the true, what's true, it's what's more the most valuable thing. And if you're not pursuing the most valuable thing, which is the truth, then you are deceiving yourself into an alternative path that's not just gonna lead you nowhere. Probably uh, leaves you less stress too. If you're like really pursuing like a truth. If you if you if you want to deceive yourself and think that uh and, and live in your own imaginary world where everything is perfect, right? If you want to hide yourself from the truth, uh and and create this imaginary world, that's why I was actually lost listening to a podcast recently, and the guy was saying he's a psychologist, and he was saying that's why. We have a lot of people addicted to video games or or social media because that's an imaginary world that's created outside of what is true. But it's just better. So and then he was saying that some 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 teenagers and even adults that are addicted to video games, they just live in a game. They just live in a world that's not true. But at least then give them this sense of flow. They have right. It's a more. It's a more. Um, uh, easier and more exciting, and it's more convenient. It's all a lie, but it's it, it's satisfying, yeah. right? And it yeah. gives you a dopamine kick, but it's not true. Uh, so I was I was very concerned about pursuing what is true, and and for me, that's when language came out because if reality is a piece of language, um, then uh, the only way for me to connect with re- what's real and then what's true true language yeah yeah you know, the only way for you to connect with what's real and what's true is through language it's the only medium that we have um, uh, another
0: thought about that is you speak do you speak two languages yes so um i know this is a little more literal meaning of the word language but uh-huh. also it doubles the amount of people that you can communicate with, if not more, or whatever it does. I don't know. But you can really communicate with more people and get across ideas to more people, which makes it more real, all your thoughts, because it, it can be real to others. Hmm. Um what what are your thoughts like on the fact that you know two languages? Does does learning another one, did that kind of like maybe make it a little easier for that to conceptualize in your mind? Because you've seen what it's like to not like be able to know the language or to be around someone else that might not understand you in a way
1: so there there, I, there are studies that show that if you know a certain a second language that gives you more capabilities in terms of making brain, uh, brain connections neural connections that's that's more helpful right uh i don't know exactly to what extent that makes you smarter i don't think that's the case i don't think it's related to iq but it's it's i think like you're saying it's maybe it's easier for you to understand other people uh, um, or connecting ideas maybe maybe that would be uh the case because if you can increase your vocabulary, like you were mentioning, you were reading more books and now it's like expanding your mind. So it's what spans your mind, it's this vocabulary and this number of dots that you can use as a reference point to make connections.
0: Yeah, right. that was kind of, that was a really cool example you had in our class as well. You. Uh... You pulled up like the neural synapse, like all these like neurons and how they fire and then how they like they're trying. They want to connect. You can see it in the way that they're like moving. They want to connect each other. And then like they finally like interlock and then you have a new pathway. Then you got to build that pathway. And then from there is more. And they all just connect into this massive web that basically is your intelligence in a lot of ways. Okay. Yeah. Um So and that's where another big piece of the puzzle for the language thing for me is like if you don't know the words then those then literally the chemically in your mind like it will not connect yeah. so you need to know the words it was uh that was a really really big moment in that class as well yeah uh, knowing the
1: words it's uh it's the analogy to specifying the 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 thing that you have in mind—it's having a precise speech. So the—it's not just knowing the words. Of course, knowing more words is helpful, but what I'm—I think my 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 goal with saying that is, be specific in your speech when you are addressing something or when you are explaining something. And then, uh, and writing helps because when you have to write, then you have to—all the mess that is in your head needs to come down to a sentence. that's a process of filtering out and specifying things
0: that's definitely something that i need i end up a lot of like word vomit just flies out because i'm thinking so much i want it all to be out and presented and i guess it's better to have it all out there than nothing but mm-hmm. still I I definitely should be writing more. Just that's a good practice because I was thinking of yeah. ways I could do that. Uh um, yeah. write down things, make me focus my words. Yeah. Um also another so the synapse thing was a big deal for me in the class, but another thing that was a big deal is how you used quantum mechanics to then uh explain <laughs> this. Now, quantum mechanics is something I'm not even gonna I don't think either of us should attempt to explain to anybody <laughs> uh, in, in a small podcast like this. But what I would say to people is go look in the link below i will link like 3 little 5 minute clips on people doing it very well um you can it, it it can be explained to you it is one of the most fascinating paradoxes you will ever see in your life um but basically the idea is that these particles behave different when we're watching them that is the basic part of the idea it, they behave they behave one way when we're not Trying, yeah. to, trying to record it and then when we're trying to record it, they just start acting different. So at the
1: quantum level, what defines reality is the observer. Which that's, is like... Yeah, yeah um, it's mind blowing because, uh, uh, because and that's the only thing I think uh, at our level, that's the only big lesson, let's say, or, or the only conclusion that we can make, which is the conclusion that the scientists already made, which is at the quantum level, which is a level of reality, right? Yeah, You define reality, you define what's real by measuring it and that's what i call the measuring device that's what i call language right so yeah and i just made that connection with language because i thought it would be an, a very unique and interesting way to uh connect the idea that i mentioned to you from chris ling and when he said reality is a piece of language i guess that's what he's referring to
0: yep that was the that was the snap moment at all kind of like the you know, the seatbelt buckled on that moment. Cause I, yeah, that was the perfect way to, to describe it. It's like that. All it is, is a measurement. All it is, is a measurement. Our measurement and all words are, is a measurement. I remember you, you were saying the whole year, this is that which defines. Mm. The language is uh, that which defines. And then you asked us what measurement means and measurements are that which defines. So language is only your ruler for this world around you. And so learn as many words as you can and not just what a word means. Like someone might uh, say the word fire and you're thinking like a house burning, but -hmm. then also the example you showed of Cooper cup talking about a fire blitz. That just means the safety's coming down. (laughs) It's a a very different explanation uh, of what fire means. And uh, you need to learn as much as you can because it'll just, it helps you tremendously. And it's already like impacted my life to a massive extent. And it definitely made me appreciate words and then analyze them on a word-to-word basis. So this is the next thing. First principles thinking has, in a big way, changed the way that I go about solving my problems. And then also analyzing each word in that same vein, like in the vein of first principles thinking, I, I go word by word as to what my issues are. Uh, So can you just explain in your words, like what first principles thinking is and why it's important?
1: Well, yeah, first principles, it's something that people in physics and math, they do a lot. And basically that's the major go-to approach to solve problems when you have a big equation. That's what they suggest you to do. You have this big, ugly equation. Going first principles is decompose that into more, uh, uh, smaller elements that compose the big problem. And once you understand with more details, the decomposition of the bigger problem, you have these elements uh, uh, defined to you that will make it easier for you to solve the problem because solving the big equation, it's basically a reorchestration or reorganization of these smaller problems. Uh, and, and when it comes to solving problem in business, for example, a lot of these uh, big ugly, ugly problems that companies have, if you decompose them into small ones, you can at least make a list of priorities of which ones you should attack first. And once you attack those, the other ones will also be solved and that, uh, as a consequence. Uh, so that's the idea of first principles is to uh, go down, and it's also related to truth because uh, the idea of first principles is find the truth behind the the big problem that you have a hard time defining it so try to define the big problem through other means that are more specific and smaller and find the real truth behind that because sometimes when you face a big problem uh, you may uh, not have a easy um, understanding of what's the truth behind that problem because uh, if someone say to you, oh, there's this new disease that's coming out of Africa and then it's highly transmissible, it's going to kill everybody. Um, if you if you just believe what people are saying, you will freak out and yeah. you will lock yourself down like people we did in COVID. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so, what's really, so if you break down the, the problem and go in the process of investigating everything that's there in more details and finding the truth, then
0: uh, uh, it's much easier to manage. Uh, That reminds me of another thing I read from your LinkedIn saying that nobody wants to start small, but that's a bad idea. Mm. Because starting small is really like, it's just those incremental steps that you can make at the beginning of anything. Um, It's hard to just jump into something and be like, the best you know like if i expected my first podcast ever to be similar to the joe rogan experience then i i would have quit a long time ago you know you can't do that to yourself because that's not where they start It's not where like these top tier things start and it's not going to be where you start at least very very rarely i don't think it, there's probably an example out there of someone that's just like this um natural in a way but it's very very rare um mm-hmm. so you got to put in the work as well and so in class, a lot of times we kind of like took first principles to the most basic form uh, of like, all right, what are the, what are some of the words within these problems? Like, say like your issue in life is, I don't think there's a lot of like opportunities out there for me. That's what you feel like. The, where are the opportunities? All right. Let's look at the word opportunity then. like, don't yeah. think of, don't try to find doors to open. Let's mm-hmm. just figure out what this word means. Mm-hmm. And the way we did that in class, you kind of start every class, you'd have like a word on the board and we'd go through it, we'd analyze it. Where did you think the value was in doing that? Um, so I
1: think that, so that's a good question. I, when, I, when I do that is, first of all, we need to pay attention to the use of language. When you say uh, the word opportunity, for example, is that really what you mean, right? Mm-hmm. By, by selecting the word opportunity or because maybe, What you mean, it's not that there are a lot of opportunities. Maybe what you mean is, I am not exposed to options that I could exercise. You know, that's different. So, yeah right so it's not that I, I believe the world is super abo- abundant in terms of opportunities there are opportunities everywhere all the time it's like the quantum field everything it's it's out there yeah you define it there's, there's your opportunity right um the, so the problem is if you I like to do that with the world because it's try to break down the use of the word, why people use the word that way, and what could be a more uh, sophisticated and articulated way to express the idea behind why people use that word. Word, And then uh, think about on uh, what are the consequences of the word as well when people use it, what do they mean and what happens out of that? So I, I think that playing that that thing, it's something that I, I decided to do in class actually m- i think the, the class that i did with you that's that's when i really started doing that more on purpose uh, because i noticed the value of using that and uh, mm. i'm glad it worked out because i was just experimenting at the time but it, it was actually a very a very nice way to do first principles and then because to me if, if you understand the basics if you understand uh, 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 the the basics of of things then you can articulate more complex ideas way easier yeah so so that's the that's the point
0: uh i feel like a big part of that also was not only just thinking through it because i know guys like you myself included like we like to just think it and like keep thinking and like try and like you know when those moments hit when like you feel you have a realization those are really like those keep us going like we love those but also Mm -hmm. just looking it up (laughs) looking it up maybe maybe this like you know the whole thing with your with you trying to find truth you were saying like i'm you know i tried to have this little talk with myself because it is good to like see if you can find it within you but like then you if you just looked it up maybe you would have found like oh this is like the question like from like this past century that like or whatever that people just can't answer there is no answer and maybe that would have gave you at least a little stress relief in the mm-hmm. beginning to then look at it the way that like, probably you, you could have been maybe to save a little bit of time for yourself. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, look it up sometimes. I know when we put the word on the board, first things we do, we'd go look up the definition of the word. Uh, then like, I guess like the etymology, like the, the history of the word, where it comes from the roots and then what those roots mean. And that was the first, that was the basis. That was yeah. the starting point. What is already known? and then we can then build inferences from there. Yeah, that's very important, yes. Um, I thought that was very cool. And also, a big thing with that was asking people around the class, like, what do you think of when you think of this word? And you really did. Like, you let people say what they thought, and you didn't, like, have a telegraphed way, like you were going to fill out this whiteboard. You just you had a couple things you wanted to put, but you let people put what they thought. When they heard opportunity, mm-hmm. some people heard... Uh, i remember the word gap came up a lot yeah Um, gap. it was gap and you were like but what is a gap (laughs) and then we went into that and uh you were like because a gap to some people is a bad thing so are there bad opportunities too and we were like actually yes there can be bad opportunities technically and uh you know that was just a very that was very fascinating but all right so another thing is you you have a lot of these like deeper thoughts and i heard you say meditation earlier um meditation included what are some ways that you find yourself working through these thoughts and working through your whole i guess just the psychology that you're kind of like fighting through and like how you come up with all these theories and ideas and where you really put it all to, to words in your mind
1: um so these these meditations they help a lot and um so writing helps uh, to organize the ideas uh, writing just like a journaling uh, on, on the progress of that I'm making with that thinking. So I'm thinking about language. So I have a, a note on my on my phone and then everything that I think about language that I think it matters I put on that note uh, uh, it's like a notebook and yeah. then I just I just type in there the, the thought then I'll read about it and then I may correct. When I wrote that I was wrong. And I, I keep evolving the idea based on my own, writing my own thoughts and reading about it mostly.
0: So then um, I guess it's kind of like like studying up on what you had previously written to then ensure that like, you're not repeating these steps over
1: yeah, and, and then I talk to other people that, that also know more than me on the subject. That's a very good idea to talk with other people that know more than you about something. Yeah, and, and then they will tell their perspective, and then I will refine what I have,
0: and that's that's what I've been doing. So, um, in your research, you're doing, are you what group of people are you studying exactly?
1: So, most of my research has has been around strategy or or international business, how companies they achieve competitive advantage. Um, now I am more, I'm also interested in how competitive advantage can be achieved through language. There are studies already that, for example, they analyze the speech of CF CEOs, uh, on, um, earnings calls, for example, or the sharehold letters. Those are already quite nice, um, uh, studies that show that what, what people say, how they say matters and affect. Mm-hmm. Affect, for example, stock performance, and uh, but I'm more now. I am more uh, trying to get down to the level of interp- entrepreneurs mm. and how entrepreneurs use their language to succeed. For example, uh, entrepreneurs they they need to be very enthusiastic with their ideas, but they need to also be realistic. So uh, so and then can, and you can only demonstrate those things through language, of course. But mm. if if you are too dreamy with your idea and not very grounded on numbers on, or, on a solid basis, like scientific basics, may, maybe, um, you may come out as just a dreamer and not someone that can pull it off. And um, so I'm, I, I am uh, developing a research pipeline on understanding how entrepreneurs use their language depending on the objective that they want to achieve and what is the best language to be used according to each objective.
0: Uh, That's fascinating. I feel like people that if you were to just listen to this and you didn't say, I guess, in the beginning that you were um, interested in psychology, in the human psychology, but you ended up pursuing business due to like your connections and all that people would 100% be assuming you're a psychologist, like just the way um, you view the world, that is your capability, I guess, in a way, like you were saying in the beginning, that's the, that is the perception that you made a capability is just your ability to see people and understand like what exactly is like, what are some of their, I guess, traits and things that make them who they are. Like entrepreneurs, like the way you're able to categorize that into like charismatic, I guess, enthusiastic, Mm -hmm. and they are based in reality. Um, Like, I think those are important distinctions that like people need to hear because I know like I, I I always have like all these crazy ideas. I'm like, oh, I want to do this, I want to do that, but then it's not so much based in reality,
1: mm-hmm. and like
0: it's all in this like perfect peachy world that like yeah.
1: so in, in a way. So what you're saying is that your language defines also like like it's an expression of who you are, right? So you, the way you use your language and the way you you select your words and and how they come out also uh, they reflect who you are inside of course uh, of course you can be deceitful and uh, some some good uh, some people are good at that yeah they, they use language in, in a manipulative way to manipulate others uh, okay. that can be that can be very effective sometimes but um that's why it's, i think it's important note also to understand language because your your bullshit detector gets enhanced <laughs> yeah when you un- when you understand language better you understand when people are using language in a way that's um uh, you know tricky or you 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 know that they have other intentions in mind it's not what just they're saying
0: um on that thought the idea of like having like a bullshit detector and like being able to see if someone's lying to you um i feel like a lot of people misinterpret that for like a cynical point of view. Like you can say, Oh, well, if I just don't believe that you have the right intentions from the jump, then I'll never get caught on the BS. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, and I think the, the, the kind of like the issue with really thinking that way, Like I've been talking to a lot of people recently that I feel like I've just had a cynical worldview. And I feel like then you're shutting down opportunities as well that are real. Mm -hmm. So, it's kind of like this balancing act like i think i'd rather get caught up on some bs sometimes and be open than be closed you know um what are your thoughts on that idea
1: so so what you're saying is you don't want to be too analytical of people and then become cynical of the on in ter- in terms of how people are expressing themselves to you and if you pay too much attention into how much they're bullshitting you or not you may be closed to a possible opportunity that may come out of that interaction right I, so so maybe yes yeah. so you don't want to be a machine that detects like you are a lying detector machine <laughs> yeah. that's all that you do no i don't think that's the that's the point you definitely want to be aware if people are lying to you because that's bad But I understand that everybody, when they express themselves, they are not 100% sure of everything that they're doing. That's just because we are humans and we are limited. Um, So I think it's more about wisdom to understand when someone, it's it's expressing themselves in a way that, just because they don't want to uh, reveal their limitations, they are trying to polish something or, or they just are trying to say something that it's not quite accurate, but they want to say that because it will look good. Uh, and you may give them a credit because they're, they're just afraid of showing their limitations. That's, that's okay. Mm. I think we, we really need to, need to be aware of when people are trying to trick us uh, into doing uh, and making a choice or even trick you to buy something that you don't need that's when you need to put your your foot on the brake and say no i'm not i'm not taking that thank you i'm i'm going to move on because that's not about being a good person anymore it's just uh, it's, you're just you're just deluding
0: yourself and you're and you being and you being uh, uh deceived back to the idea of knowing yourself as well do you think like if you truly know yourself and if you have or at least if you have like the like a great idea of who you are um do you think that that would keep you from getting caught up in the BS because you can really- I think it helps. I think it helps, but um, we have this personality trait called
1: agreeableness. Mm -hmm. Some some people are naturally high in agreeableness and agreeableness, it's basically uh, your, how much concern you are about pleasing others. Um, And uh, some people naturally are more concerned than others. Uh, that can be something that may drive you into making bad decisions or it's hard for you to say no, right? Uh, So what you're saying is once you know who you are, you can say no better or more confidently because you know that's not something for you, right? Yeah, yeah. That would would help. But I also think that we need to be aware that uh, a lot of people in the world, they want to take advantage of you and, and that's just what's truth. It's the reality. So don't delude yourself thinking that uh, um, maybe they have a good intention, or you know, don't delude yourself thinking that uh, uh, maybe they they really they're really trying to do something good. And I, I may benefit from it because, like, if you're looking for opportunities everywhere, you may find an opportunity that in your head it is, but it's not. So uh, I I am uh, actually very low on <laughs> agreeableness. <laughs> <laughs> so it's very easy to say no uh yeah get, get out of my face i don't want that uh, <laughs> yeah so um but uh actually i changed a lot because I, when i was younger i would say i was very agreeable and then uh it hurt me it, uh, people tricked me when i was a kid people would have play games with me and have fun uh, out of me and then i i i kind of like i'm not allowing this to happen again that, <laughs> yeah lowered my uh agreeableness uh maybe to a very low degree and it maybe should be more in
0: the on average. Yeah. But overcompensated. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's not, it feels like you're like a you're like a video game character and like you're just adjusting your your stats like yeah. <laughs> in different yeah. ways. You're like, ah, I'm too agreeable. Let me take that, let me take a couple points away from that. Yeah. You know, uh, let me put it into my language and <laughs> and stuff yeah. like that. That's what it feels like. Yeah. Um a lot of what you're saying, maybe it's because I just read it uh, I had a friend recommend to me uh the four agreements. Do you know about that book? Um, it's basically it's a little bit. I guess God plays a a, a big portion in it, but I'm not a very religious person, so like I kind of had to just I basically was just substituting the word God for life instead. Yeah, yeah. God,
1: God. It's it's a word that's so it's like it's very loaded and um... yeah. So I
0: didn't want to shut it down just because yeah, like, you don't have to shut it down. I I wouldn't do that. Yeah, and it's I think it's very basic in a lot of the things that are in it. That's what I was told when I went into it. That's what I agree with coming out. And but it is like a it's a very like start book about like these four different agreements you need to make with yourself, basically, on um on this on like the world around you. And I guess what they were were. Don't ever assume that that was one of them. Like don't ever assume mm-hmm. what you should be doing is asking questions really. Yeah. And if you assume that someone has your best interest in mind, you're probably wrong. And if you assume someone mm-hmm. has your worst interest in mind, that's also probably wrong. Yeah. Um, So just basically it's like a steer your own ship. And a couple of the other ones were interesting as well, but it's like one of them is be impeccable with your word. Um, Just, be honest with your word it's a lot of stuff i think you'd be really interested in it's a quick read too um i would like to know more about this book yeah yeah it's a pretty i think it's a pretty big pretty famous book but i read it all in one day i got i got wrapped into it i was like i had three hours and i was like i gotta read this right now um wasn't my favorite book in the world but it's just like it's cool to hear concepts put to words. Very you know. common
1: sense, as well, right? It's, it, all common sense. It's... All
0: common sense, but it is you need to reinforce that common sense, yeah, I think, exactly. or else you get lost in the minutia and all the mm-hmm. other crap. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, also uh, along that line, I just so I just finished that book, and now I need I need new books, man. I need new new things to read. I need new podcasts. Mm-hmm. What are some like podcast books? uh research even that you've that you study what are some things that you've read and you were like wow this is very valuable i'm gonna write them down <laughs> uh, i
1: i think last semester i put on uh, on our blackboard the uh, list of podcasts that i go you to
0: did.
1: yeah so that's that's still my i mean there's a lot of podcasts out there so there are every week uh i think there's about 10 podcasts that i listen to uh one that's not there on the list and i've been listening a lot it's founders and founders yeah founders is uh it's a podcast on biographies Uh, and um, i was amazed by thomas edson recently like thomas edson was uh, such an amazing figure uh, that that podcast gives a very good uh, description because basically what this guy on this podcast is doing is summarizing the, what he's reading, the biographies in a very nice way. So it's, it's very fun. That's, uh, cool. That's cool. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, but, um, and, uh, but there are, um, I think I have some psychologists that I go to online, like John Verveke. I'm not sure if John Verveke is on, uh, on the list because I was, I was focused on business-related topics for the class. Yeah. Jordan Peterson. It's also a psychologist that I, I listen to. People are actually trying to uh, take his license as a psychologist in Canada. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, he yeah. he's kind of contentious. I understand uh, both sides, but I still like a lot of things that Jordan Peterson says. And, um, well, in terms of reading, um, Right now, I'm trying to finish a few books uh, on language. Uh, The best one, one on language, it's kind of a more complicated one. But reading is uh, so reading. How I see reading now is there's reading for entertainment, like you can read Lord of the Rings, and it's uh, great entertainment, and it's also very profound because there's symbolic language there that it's amazing. There is reading, reading for maybe. capability acquisition or uh, technology acquisition you are reading about how to use data better so that's technical reading that's that's important And then there is the intellectually stimulating reading it, it can be either philosophy or it could be it's something harder to read but it's more profound uh, and then um, for example there's a book on Wittgenstein which is this, like he's the father figure on philosophy of language. And uh, the Wittgenstein book by A. Kenny, that's right there. Um, it's a very it's a very nice one um, that I recommend you to read. So there are reads, like you said, you read that book in one day. So some yeah. books, they are written for you to read in one day or one weekend, other yeah. books. They are meant for you to read one page per day. And I think it's important it's also to read, yeah. I think it's important also to read those kind of books that you read a page and then it's like, what? And then you have to go back. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and then, yeah, okay, but then like it takes time to digest. I think that's important to read those kind of things as well. I mean, some authors they may overcomplicate their language just for the sake of intellectual. uh uh, show off yeah Yeah, i don't think that's that's a good writing but is some people they write more complicated because really what they are trying to address is deeper and then you then it's worth reading something like that uh so uh, victor franco is also another guy that i've been reading victor franco uh, was this psychologist that went to um camp uh um um, nazi concentration camp and survived Wow. yeah so like the the his first book the man's search for meaning it's one of the most important books ever i think and uh, search for meaning yeah victor Frankl, very very heavy uh, uh in terms of the things that he reported happened there but it's like you have a, a he was a psychiatrist because at the time i don't think there were psychologists but it, there, there were there, there were a few psychologists but Uh, He was a psychiatrist that went to a prison camp, um, actually concentration camp during the Nazi regime, and he was observing people through the lens of a psychiatrist, like the behavior of prison guards and behavior of people that were uh, the prisoners, and there was a very, very nice uh, uh, assessment of uh, humanity.
0: Yeah.
1: On many different levels. That's a very good one. And then he... He actually created He is the founder of a kind of therapy that's kind that, that's named logo therapy and logos logos is uh-huh. word it's word it, and and it's uh it's the greek calls for meaning so he he was one of the prophets of the meaning crisis that people live today and meaning and language they are interconnected right because uh, uh you attribute meaning through language yes yeah. so, um uh, and, um, he, he has a, a, a few books on logo therapy and it's very nice because he's basically his therapy as a psychiatrist is to he reframe people's meaning making process.
0: Right. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. it's kind of like that I remember when, when we learned about like in high school logos, ethos and pathos, like the three kind of like, um, I guess logos being, I guess, meaning and then um i think it was like ethos is that like your emotional or is that your pathos i forget there's like the three i i have to look back into them because they were so cool and the example that they used them through was um like public speakers and your mm. ability to get across like the the mm. many different things um in the different ways like martin luther king was always our our example that we used like mm. um, because like who who spoke better and more pop more strongly than martin luther king um i i feel like these, these things are... I'm definitely going to give these a read, first and foremost. I'm definitely going to give these a read. Mm-hmm. But I liked what you said about the idea that some are made to read in a day because you're supposed to get hooked and then go through the rifle through mm-hmm. it. And then some, you're meant almost like it's supposed to kind of like guide you through a little bit of time. Like you, you're mm-hmm. supposed, It's supposed to stew in your head, um, which is fascinating because it's also... What well, we probably should have talked about it in the very first thing. I'm kind of upset that I didn't talk about this first. Um, abstract thinking versus concrete thinking. Oh. And because now, like, a lot of concrete thinkers may have gotten this far in, they're like, dude, I still haven't understood a word you guys have been talking about this whole time. Oh. Um, so can you just maybe maybe that? they
1: already switched channels, they're listening to something else right oh, now? Oh, they're gone, yeah, yeah. It's, it's
0: only abstract thinkers at this point, uh, honestly. But, no. um, just can you explain <laughs> that distinction? Uh, I thought that was important as well,
1: <laughs> yeah. So, um, the we have. Um, it's much easier to think in concrete terms, and it's um, and it's um, ideally we want to understand things first in concrete terms. We want to understand what's real, but from a materialistic perspective, let's say. So, what's real? What's real? It's what's material. It's what of me, right? Um, and then uh, for you to abstract out, what I what I say always always is what differentiate us from other animals, it's exactly the capacity to abstract. And um, um, so that's what makes us humans. And we we suffer of anxiety, depression, and we are happy at times and sad at all all other times because we abstract all things. Uh, So that's what we do. And uh, so abstract thinking, it's extremely important because it helps us to solve problems from uh, this meta cognition capacity, which is thinking about how we think, think about how we behave. It's not just acting on the world as is, the concrete world, but it's thinking about the process in which we interact with the real world. Uh, for so so. Uh, for example, like I was telling you, we if all there is, it's all that's in front of you and, and material, what makes you pay attention to some things and others you don't pay attention to? So what's behind that thought process? Because uh, what makes some things more evident to you and others not, uh, more relevant or or not? Then it's you have to abstract out a little bit to come up with conclusions about that. So that's, and I think it's important to be connected to both worlds and navigate both worlds together. Uh, Because if you are all abstract thinking, um, you are too far on the clouds. Yeah. You may lose connection with the real world, let's say, because you tend to go to a more imaginary world. But if you are too connected just with the concrete tangible world, you lack capacity to uh, uh, solve problems from a bigger picture perspective, it's long-term thinking. You tend think to be more short-term thinking, which is bad. Uh, uh, you lose creativity. You lose uh, uh, capacity to uh, think about um, motivational aspects of things. Yeah. So you need both, you need to connect both
0: all the yeah. time. I, I I find myself often in the clouds, as you were saying, like just kind of... Yeah, we always have a
1: tendency for one or uh, the, the The
0: balance is the hard thing, but it's it should be the goal for sure. Balance has been a, a, a keyword in my life recently, kind of like I guess how language is for you. I've been thinking of balance. Balance has been everything. It's to the point... I want to get... I This poster is like... You can't see it because I got blur it blurred, but mm-hmm. it's like earth... But I put I put it on my wall upside down because there is no upside down. It's just like, I just think it's funny, like, you know, why not have it this way? Talking about posters, so this
1: this paint here is Jacob uh, uh, and the angel. And I think it, it could be a good representation of the abstract and concrete because Jacob is the guy that fought the angel. And kind of won, right? He actually got hurt for the rest of his life, but he survived at least. Yeah. So, uh, so I, what I like about this story is that Jacob was the guy that saw the ultimate abstract, let's say, which is an angel figure. It's something that it's not real, let's say, to us. Yeah. He saw that, and when he had a chance to 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 connect with it, he brought it down to to Earth and had a a fight. So he was like, "Okay, you are up there." So come here, come to, come to Earth, yeah, and 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 let's let's struggle. So what's going on? So I think that's the the struggle of life. So it's have your feet on the ground, but strive always up to something that's higher than you, and, and, and try to connect.
0: Yeah, yeah, try to meet then, at least meet in the middle. You know, at least try meet to meet in the middle, middle yeah, with, with these the concepts. Middle. I don't know yeah. if you want to bring an angel all the way down. Yeah, you know? that might be a little extreme um but that's that's a cool story i've never heard that story actually yeah um funny enough i feel like i know a lot of those little like myths and stuff like that i always thought icarus um was always interesting Mm -hmm. um like flying too close to the sun but yeah like just that having that balance in your life i want to get a like a yin and yang, the yin and yang of life. Yeah. just, there's some yeah. of this. The yin
1: and yang is the balance of chaos and order, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's the balance. Um, of course, balance is better than imbalance, but I'll tell you this, some, some things you may want to be in balance for a time. Um, if you want to, if you want to, um, um, pursue something, uh, so I'm, I'm talking about, for example, work-life balance. Some people say, oh, we should have eight hours of sleep, eight hours of work, uh, leisure time, like very balanced work-life. Like sometimes, um, especially when you are in your 20s, maybe you don't want to have that much balance. Maybe yeah. maybe you just want to go for the things that you need to go to and create a lot of value if if it's meaningful to you and it's meaningful to others, of course. And uh I've seen people working with startups and, and it doesn't make sense to have a balance if you need to uh, raise a, a company from the ground up and, and, and develop something. Forget about balance, okay? What you need to do is survive and that's okay. I mean, uh, I think balance it's important, but sometimes having this imbalance, it's okay too. As, as long as you know that it has a time to end and it's, uh, it's gonna be a stretch, like I'm gonna run very fast. I'm gonna do this stretch now. I know that will be imbalanced, but everything else will be balanced. But my work life will be imbalanced. So yeah. I, you know what I mean? It takes wisdom, of yeah. course, to know when to imbalance things. But if you look at high performers, like people that did achieve great things, mm. they were never balanced, man. Never. There was yeah. no balance at all. Like the guys were all in yeah so I, you to I go all in into something that
0: you really believe you should go all in 100 i uh i think of that a lot too because and i think that just comes with you know like when i say like i've been kind of like obsessing over this balance i guess uh even so i'm not even close to balanced. so it's kind of like one of those things like i'll never achieve balance in a way perfectly mm-hmm. uh and in those moments is where like you know, as you were saying, like the great highest performers or in and if you look at the lowest performers as well, a lot of them have an imbalance or there's like That's something that they do that like almost doesn't make sense. like things that don't really it's like why would you do that type of actions are what create I think of music as uh, what comes to my mind. I think of um basketball, I think of like Jordan, Kobe. It's yeah. like almost like an obsessively insane thought process to then make you be the greatest to ever play, mm-hmm. or then to make you make this song, like you make like Bohemian Rhapsody. How, like, how does that come to your mind? It's not a balanced song. you know. There's nothing about that song. That's like, Oh, you could just, you could write that in a day. Like there's no way that's like mm-hmm. three songs mashed. And why would it ever be good on radio? Why would anyone ever listen to that? That's because, seven
1: minutes or something, right?
0: Seven minutes long. Why would anyone listen to this? Valid arguments, all valid. But if you want to be in that one percent of one percent of one percent, that level of imbalance is what you need in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I've been contemplating that too, for sure. Because like those are all my favorite artists are like the so ones yeah. So I, I guess.
1: guess the wisdom is you know that you need balance in most things, but some things it's okay to be imbalanced because. Yeah that's your strength that's you are capable of managing the imbalance let's say yeah there is only a handful of things or one or two things that you are really capable of handling the imbalance don't think that you can handle imbalance and a lot you know, a lot of things that that would be impossible so yeah
0: like you want to be balanced in your fitness you know yeah. like that's yeah. a good one you know mm-hmm. you want to just 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 go to the gym or yeah. run that's you know your health, health. Yeah. right that's something that balance comes into play so I guess in maybe the most basic senses Your balance, um, like that. All right. Um, We do only have 20 minutes, so I'm going to get, if that. So I'm going to give, I'm going to go into this one last thing I saw on your LinkedIn that I wanted to talk about, and then we'll pretty much wrap up. So the most, this here you said, the most important thing to be aware about vision is not what your eyes are seeing. It is about the amount of projection that you're casting. Hmm. And this is another uh, very important part of that book that i just read the four agreements it was like saying talking about that you're not so much receiving information as you are putting it out there yes um so yeah can you just like talk about that in a more intelligent way than i just did <laughs> yeah no yeah i mean it's um i think that book also that
1: apparently i didn't read the book but what you're saying the book captures the same essence which is uh, and it goes back to what I was mentioning first the way we evolve as human beings, like when we are a child and uh, as we uh, grow, um, we are first way to communicate or primary way to communicate with the world. It's 100% projection. Like, our, like the babies, they don't see themselves as one thing. They see them as their parents, like their parents are who they are yeah so it's 100 projection is there's nothing else uh, uh that's coming uh from the world to you it's just you project the entire reality uh and that's related if you want to go back to the quantum mechanics again yeah. since the measure the measurer is the one that's defining reality that's 100 percent projection right because the yeah. measurer is the one that's collapsing reality into one thing that can only be made through the projection that the measurer makes. And that's physically so, changing it too. Like it's actually yeah, literally shape, changing. Then, 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 then shapes reality. So, uh, so, but the, but the apparently reality, it's not just us defining the world and that's it. Um, apparently there are more to the world than there is us. Uh, mm. so that's That's what I think we need to pay attention to Uh, which is not easy because um, it takes uh, some mental exercise in being open to receiving uh, uh, information or not judging, right? Or not making inferences. Because if you're looking at something and you're not judging and not making inferences, how can you really connect, right? Right. That's, That's the problem because at one point you will have to use whatever mental understanding you have to connect with, with what's in front of you. Yeah. And define. Yeah. yeah I'm looking at a computer right now. I'm yeah. not, at, I'm not looking at real Dan. I'm looking at an image of him on my computer. Yeah. So, um, the, so the, the thing is the way then, uh, to, to better connect yourself with reality, because like, I think I said that in LinkedIn, most of our problems are the are our language problems in a way that we don't interpret things the right way. That's why it makes us misalign with what's real and that's what makes us go the wrong way. Um, is to, it helps to study or it helps to try to understand what's in front of me and its nature and not, not so much projecting what I think it, it, it is what it is in front of me okay so, so you more wanna yeah be more exploratory and investigative. yeah investigative like uh, i don't know assume that you don't know first that kind of yeah. mentality right assume that you are ignorant so that's what socrates says and socrates was one of the wisest and most intelligent and most influential people in the history of humanity and he said all that i know is that i don't know boom the guy just said that I think that's a good starting point. So assume that you don't know and then approach things um, from that uh, uh, more uh, sincere and uh, open and uh, uh, honest uh, 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 approach to, to to what's in front of you because um, then you
0: make a better connection with what's real. I definitely also see this quote through the eyes of... Um like emotionally as well. Like if you, if you're in a good mood, you know, like the sun's a little brighter, the trees Mm -hmm. are a little more green. Everything's a little, people are taller. Like you just, things are happier when you're happy. It's kind of like that whole idea of like, if you have someone explain, Hey, can you like, if you say to somebody, Hey, can you explain that car crash that you just saw when the car smashed together? If you say it like that, they'll start describing this crazy car crash. Mm-hmm. If you say to them, "Can you uh, explain that that uh that little collision?" then they'll just describe a little collision. Mm-hmm. Um so a lot of like what you're projecting out there in terms of your emotions as well. Like if you're very passive, you can put yourself in a calm place, you'll approach life with a calmness, you know? Yes. And uh that's another way that I've been looking at it too. So it's kind of like being open and Willing to learn about what it is that you're looking at, and also just for yourself, going into like your conversations, meeting people, doing things with a real appreciation, with like with some love, like you want to go in like open and like happy in a good mood, and then it'll cycle. Like it works like that. Because if you're not in a good mood, it'll it'll all roll like against you. So you'd rather yeah. it kind of work for you in a way.
1: Yeah, that's that's basically another way to define it it's um you, you you're projecting so that's why some people believe in karma right so the idea yeah. of karma is like you 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 put it out there and then it comes back at you so it's like basically it's also the same idea of projection as well yeah you,
0: speaking you of karma actually i definitely uh when i was younger i used to do a, lo- a little tiny bit of shoplifting <laughs> just a little couple pieces I, I, of I, 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 I
1: every kid have
0: a you know yeah, I've, just, I've
1: done some crazy stupid thing like
0: yeah, that. Couple a couple chocolates here and there, whatever. Maybe a popcorn from the movie theater, if they're out the grabbing goes. So, but I stopped because I I I started like if something bad happened to me, I would then not that it was because of that. Associate, yeah. I would associate like, oh well, I deserve it. I don't want to do anything that makes me feel like I deserve it. I wanna feel like And then if something bad happens, it just happens because life is life. I want that to be the reason, not because... Oh, I deserve this. Like that that can't be what's happening. So I stopped for that reason, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That
1: that kind of thinking it's never helpful. Like I deserve this or I deserve that. And then if something good happens, it's because I'm a good person.
0: Yeah, no. No,
1: that's no, that's, that's not a very good way to approach it's,
0: life. It's sketchy. It's a sketchy way to yeah. think of it. So just yeah, be just try to be happy you, with yourself.
1: First of all, who are you to determine what's a, a good reward or what is a good thing that compensates what you done? We don't know anything. That's another like, very
0: good point. We yeah. cannot be
1: the judges of all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. To Especially do if
0: it's a real natural reward, not so much like a salary. Like a salary is like, you do this work, you get this pay. Like you can look mm-hmm. at examples, you can do that. But if mm-hmm. it's like, if I hook somebody up with like a ride somewhere, that it, it's not like that's going to pay off. It's not like they're going to pay me off in like some sense that like we think is that we understand like they will want, maybe they'll just see you in a better light and that's the payment but mm-hmm. whatever it is is up to them really and it's up to like what the world whatever the world like conjures up for you it's not whatever you think you deserve it's like when they're like whoa but i did this for you Let, nope that's not what it's about if you were looking for a reward then you shouldn't have done it in the first place yes yes exactly um but yeah it is 11 17 we've been going for a little more than an hour Mm-hmm. I've had a wonderful time. I do want to ask, how was your experience on the podcast? Have you ever been on a podcast? That's, that's nice.
1: like? My first experience of the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the idea, I think, that we explored with uh, the conversations about language is always something that motivates me a lot to talk about. Uh, it reflects the, the things that I try to exercise, uh, not only think about, right? Not yeah. only be on the abstract world, but also on the concrete. Right. So- yeah, so it's it's great to see that the the crazy ideas that I have sometimes and I show in class they are reverberating in someone like you, and it's it's fascinating to see that some other people are like you are benefiting from this articulation of knowledge in a way that uh, uh, it's kind of uh, some people may think like nonsense, like you said, but yeah. other people may just it may just click and it just makes sense, and then it's very
0: valuable. Yeah. So,
1: Happy to see that yeah
0: thank you uh yeah it's uh it, it definitely has been valuable for me i'm sure you know 99% of people that watch is gonna be like what's going on but, but you know for that one person that like exactly. that like starts reading for, mm-hmm. for this reason that's a win that's a win yeah, all we're course. trying to do one yeah. person at a time mm-hmm. um but yeah so this has been great thank you again very much I'm gonna. uh we can wrap it up here um thank you everybody for watching if you've made it this far (laughs) let me just give you a round of applause i hope maybe you're in the gym that's where i listen to my podcast but thank you for watching make sure again you subscribe you follow you do whatever you can to help me out or just watch the next episode whatever it may be Mm -hmm. um but yeah when you finish your paper (laughs) when you finish your your research will you be posting on LinkedIn? I'd assume. Yeah, it would sure be, right? Right. Mm-hmm. All right? I'm going to need to, I'm going to need to see that and then yeah. give it You're to right. everybody and be like, you need to see, read this academic paper. And yeah. they're all going to be like, no, but I need to at least see it. So yeah. uh, I'll, I'll keep stalking your LinkedIn. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, thank you very, very much for doing this. I appreciate no your time. All right. all right. All right. Bye-bye everybody. Thank you. Okay.